Well, hello, friends, and welcome back to the dinner table. I am so happy and so excited to have my really good friend, Deidre, here with me. Deidre Meyer Hager. Yep. Yeah. I'm so glad to have you here. I'm so glad to be here. I enjoy all of the conversations that we have had over and now I think we've been going on three years now. We've been dating for three years now. Three years. Feels like forever. Deidre's my hairstylist. And I'm she, everything. She's fixed me. I like, well, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you are everything, but you definitely do that part. And that's a notable one. Everybody, everybody knows when my hair uh, changed because I came in sick mm -hmm. in the beginning. It was when I first started dealing with Hashimoto's. That was 2019. And my hair was all falling out and I was miserable. Mm -hmm. And you cut all my hair off and said, okay, let's get you healthy and start over again. <laughs> we did. That was a lot of fun. Yeah. And then in 2020, you had actually already said to me, I want to do something fun with your color someday. And I was like, mm, whatever. Okay. And then all of a sudden I was like, okay, I want something seriously fun. I want like, like cartoon red. You made it happen. So much fun. I love it. I'm ready now, I think, to go back to my my color from the past. So how do we do that? Well, we're just gonna do it. <laughs> we're just gonna do it. <laughs> but we're gonna do it like we did the red, where the red was like easy, yeah. not hard. Yeah. And not complicated, because that's not you. Yeah. And so we're gonna do the same thing when we take it back to your natural hair. Yeah, it's funny. It's like when I went purple for a hot minute. That was, was a very hot minute. Yeah. <laughs> It number one, it didn't last. Like it just purple doesn't last. It came out. Um, Everybody wants purple hair until they realize that it doesn't last. Yeah, it didn't. And but then, all, in addition to that, it just it was like I'm I'm red. That's my color. My color is red. And so now I'm like I'm curious to see if I go like a couple months and then I'm like okay, take me back to red. <laughs> like, well, the good news is is that like we can't just take you out of red because the molecule is so big and so it's uh -huh. kind of stuck. Yeah. So we have to do like a transition into brown red. Right. Um, and that's fine. I'm and good then at that. We'll, and it'll just kind of keep fading into mm -hmm. that color. And then one day you'll just be your natural color and it won't be all that red. I love my length a lot, like that we got my hair back to being long again. I love my undercut. Yeah, like, that we're keeping because it's entirely way too hot and you have way too much hair. Yeah. And I, I mean, like there's certain things in life that I'm like, man, if I had learned this at a younger age, you know, we talked, we would talk about all like the hippie things about me, you know, like my hairy armpits and, you know, that I don't wear makeup and all of the things. And the thing that he actually said was the one thing that was kind of shocking to him and that his family might think is weird was my undercut hair. Like that was the part, like women shouldn't have their hair like that, you know? And, uh, and I thought, huh, I never even think about it. Like, I don't even think about the fact that my hair is cut off in the back, except for when I realize my hair is not a giant lion's mane, you know, whatever. But it's like whatever conditioning we have as to what women's hair is supposed to look like, you know? Yeah. I mean, there is a lot of that. When you have as much hair as you do, 
Yeah. I mean, it's so awesome to just get rid of half of it. Yeah. And nobody even much. knows. No, it's too much. No, yeah. People don't even realize. Like you wear no. it down and nobody would even know. No. Nobody knows when I have my hair down that I have my hair. Like actually, I was in somewhere the other day and somebody said, I didn't realize you had an undercut. And I was like, oh yeah, I've had that for like years. Like now at this point. But so. it is kind of weird because when people see that you have an undercut, there's like this stigma to it. Right. Yeah. I mean, and, and I never really, thought about it. Just think about how, like, how many people are just miserable with all that hair when they don't uh -huh. have to be miserable. Uh huh. I mean, seriously, they blow dry their hair for an hour. Yeah, I did. <laughs> yeah, or they go to bed with their hair wet, uncomfortable. Yeah, and sleep like that, and they don't have to, you know, because if they just cut a good portion of their hair out, I mean, the hair that we cut off the back of your head is more than I have on my entire head. <laughs> That's, and that's because I sew hair onto yeah. my head to yeah. have more hair. So that was when I was most evident. I mean, there were a few things, but that was one of the symptoms that I was like, I have a lot of hair. It does not make sense that I have this little amount of hair on my head right now. There's something wrong with me because yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm a lot of hair kind of person all of my life. And both of my kids, man. Oh my God. Because their dad and I both have a lot of hair. So my kids have just this thick, thick, thick hair that's just like massive on top of their heads, except their hair is a lot straighter than mine is. Mine yeah, is your hair has texture. Yeah. It's kind of strange. So we're recording this on a Monday, which is a little different. Normally I record on a Thursday, but I talked to you guys a couple weeks ago about how I needed to get ahead in case I ever run into an issue. And Deidre was perfect example of somebody I could plug into a, like a Sunday or a Monday evening because your schedule is different than, you know, the regular workforce schedule is. And so, um, you on a Thursday night, I, I just thought about that because when you said I'd love to come on the podcast, I was like, okay, but how do I get her here? <laughs> like, how do I yeah, actually get Thursdays her here? <laughs> are not ever gonna work. Yeah. But, um, Mondays at the garden, I have people that come out and, um, this morning I had a friend come out. She's actually going to be, um, next week's podcast. Um, and she came out and brought her boys and she'd been coming out as a volunteer and just coming out and gardening and doing stuff with me or whatever. But she brought her boys out today and uh, we were in the other room talking, um, getting, she was buying a few things. And all of a sudden I hear the mics going and I'm like, ah, like, like, I have no idea how to fix that problem. And so I was all concerned that I was going to have to like figure out how to change something. And so welcome to the back end of me in a producer's spot on the podcast. I mean, there's been a lot of learning as I picked this up on my own and then just said, I can do this. I can do it. And I'm getting better at it. Like I'm getting better at knowing how to edit things out and Sometimes though I listen back, like I listened to the, to the one that came out on today, Monday. Um, and you can tell where I dropped some edits out, dropped some edits out. And I think what it is, is that I get, you get tired and you get a little lazy sometimes and you just, you're just like, oh, it's fine. That's fine. You know, whatever. But then I listen back to it and I'm like, mm, I could have produced that podcast better. You know, like I could have made that podcast better. And then you have listeners like me who don't know any different. Who wouldn't and know so the it thing. it just makes it perfect. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I love it and I enjoy it. But I really enjoy um, the having people out here to the farm on Mondays. And, um, and you can come out to the farm. The gates open at 8 a.m. If there are people here at 8 a.m., I'd love to start doing um, Qigong 
in the mornings and mm-hmm. teaching a little bit of Qigong. Um, come hang out and drink some coffee with me. And then we start gardening at about nine and that's garden healing. So it's nothing major. It's just fiddling around and bring your kids and you guys can go over and check out the chickens. And you, so anyways, you guys come out on a Monday and join me in garden healing. Uh, I'm just, that day's working out and it's, I've been happy about it and I sell product that day. So if you're looking for eggs or if there's certain things that you want to buy some of my salts or red wine vinegar, or like I had just gone to a farmer's market where I hadn't sold out all of my basil pesto and I've got hibiscus tea. And so there's things that I have now as I'm doing more farmer's markets and I'm producing more food and, and I've got stuff here on for sale on Mondays. So it's a good day to come out to the farm. If anybody wants to come out, I just ask that you call ahead or message me ahead because you know, like what if I've got COVID? (laughs) I wouldn't know, but I wouldn't want to give you whatever cold thing I have. Yeah. Yeah. So exactly. Just, just check in with me and you know, because I might decide nobody's told me they were coming today. So I'm going to go inside and like get naked. Or it could be like my farm where you show up on a Monday and the next thing you know is you're going to be wrestling two young steer back into the pasture because. Oh, that could happen here too. That could totally happen here. Like very well. As a matter of fact, the next door neighbors, um, cows, they have the Dexter cows. Those cows were staring at me hard. One of them just dropped a calf the other night. Are they and good when they do that? Like, do they take care of it themselves or they're just like not seem good to it? be seem to be this little like, cause I had a camper here over the weekend and I went, went out there to talk to him and he was like, I'm pretty sure that calf came overnight because the cows got really loud and now there's a calf out here <laughs> and oh. it, I have a picture of it. So like a little, it was like a little baby calf. Um, but the guys that, cause it's not our property, it's the neighbor's but they were out there working on a tractor. So they knew, I mean, I guess they knew. And then there was another little one, a little bit older that was ran up to us. And when I came over to the fence, she, she like came right over to her baby, you know? Aww. So yeah, They're really cute. They are really cute. Those Dexters have those big eyelashes mm-hmm. and I yeah. like those little guys. If I was eyes. staying in a trailer here, then I would have just been gone in the morning and so would have the little calf. I would have <laughs> just, just taken, taken it, it with me. Taken it with you. <laughs> I had that thought. I was like, mm, how do I? Because mm. <laughs> they're so cute. They are. And they're very friendly and they love Kaishin. Kaishin and those cows like play and talk and they'll pace me on the fence line too because certain times a year, which by the way, I haven't done that in a while and I should, um, I'll get bucket loads of grass and stuff like that. And I'll just, you know, throw it across the fence to them. I should do that. I haven't done that in a long time, but they would, they used to follow me and pace me. If I would ever have any like beet greens or any, I would always give that stuff to them. Oh, my they love, love that. that. Yeah. They yeah, love, that. love that. Unanswered question. We had a couple of unanswered questions from last week. I mentioned last week that we, that I saw a coral snake. I know you have coral snakes out where you are. I do. You're in a sandy, pretty biodiverse area of Corpus Christi, Flower Bluff. Do coral snakes live in families? What do they eat? And what are the chances that I could actually get like killifilla, you know, with this coral snake? And so I did some research and it's from the Animalia, Texas coral snakes. Um, It says that they don't live in families. They live solo. 
they live where these, this is a Texas coral snake and it looks exactly like what I took in my video, right? And their habitats are that they make little holes. They have, so they're living down in the, my garden. And I know there are holes out there. And I know that in my holes, in my holes, <laughs> there's a snake, there's a shrew, there's a mouse. As a matter of fact, last week we talked about this little Mickey Mouse eared mouse that jumped out at me. Well, I found a pocket of babies in a oh. different garden. The little mouse uh, with the big ears. So well, like, all I know is I saw that snake that you found like in the dirt, like in a hole in the dirt. That yellow-bellied racer. Yeah. Well, uh -huh. I didn't, I don't know why. I just never really thought about snakes living like that. Like, mm -hmm. And so that really freaked me out. Mm -hmm. And that's exactly how these uh, Texas coral snakes live. They live down in holes. And what they're doing, they're going, they actually drill and make pathways. And then what they come across is the baby mice that the mama has tucked in a hole or the shrew or the baby rabbit that mama has tucked in the hole. So they're eating all of the like rodents and the vermin that are out in, in the garden. And I literally found a pocket when I was cleaning a different section of the garden, a pocket of those tiny little mice, their eyes weren't even opened. Um, I ended up just covering them back up again. Like in the past, I've found little baby rabbits like that, but they were a little bit older. And so I just like picked them up and moved them somewhere else. And hopefully the mom found them. These guys, I was like, I can't even move these guys. And, but I was like, at the same time, um, there's snakes out here that are going to eat you just so you know, like, like whatever. But, and then I always, every time I run into some of those, especially the little pocket of babies, Think about what's happening out in the fields when the tractors go through there. Oh. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Every time I ever have run a tractor or seen a tractor or run a tiller or whatever, we end up with a toad, a dead toad off somewhere, you know, because that's what's also in holes out yeah. there. Well, I mean, they're everywhere. Mm-hmm. They are, uh, this is a word I learned, a fossorial, fossorial animal a fossorial animal is adapted to digging, which lives primarily, but not solely, underground. Badgers, naked mole rats, meerkats, mole salamanders, mini beetles, wasps, bees, all kinds of things that live underground, basically. Well, my experience with the coral snake that we found was that he was trying to get away by going right underneath the carpet grass. Yeah, that's exactly what this little guy did, too. Yeah. So then I was just like, oh, awesome. So I'm just walking on coral snakes all the time. <laughs> no, yeah. I'm like, this is not good. No, because it says that they live in like a big radius by themselves. But I'm sure that, you know, there would be babies sometimes because I'm sitting here reading that they have a mating season and they lay three to 12 eggs in June. So we're already like, <laughs> where all those babies go? Oh my gosh. <laughs> the ones that, that, that were laid in June. <laughs> Uh, they hatch in September. Okay. That's not good. Yeah. That's not good. My dad immediately asked me, did you kill it? And I was like, no, I don't kill things. Like, I would have killed it so fast. I just watched it. I videotaped it. And now I've been watching my feet very closely and not sticking my hands down in things. Um, but I did read the chances of so the Texas coral snake venom is a powerful neurotoxin causing neuromuscular dysfunction and they're not, they, they go away. Like their, their goal is to get away from you. 
So you'd have to like stick your hand. My mom was saying. You stick your hand everywhere. I do. You're right. Time. You're right. There's a chance. There's more than one. Shh. If it's 0 0.01, there's Shh. still a chance. <laughs> All right. I'm thinking about it. I'm trying to make some decisions about it. So in I'm the pretty, meantime. I'm pretty sure you'd make a really cute belt. Oh, that's no doubt. As a matter of fact, we were talking about that yesterday and everybody was like, well, it's a really pretty leather. And I'm like, it is a really pretty leather. That is very true. That is very true. So I could think about it like my own livestock and say, okay, well, I'm going to take its life like I take my livestock. But I don't know. I'll have to run across it again. And I'm not sure I want to run across it again. So I'm just kind of, you know. Hopefully it left. Yeah. That's what I'm hoping as well, that I stirred it up and it's like, yeah, no, thank you. But meanwhile, I'm over there like looking at every hole going, who's inside that hole? Are you a wolf spider inside that hole or are you a snake inside that hole? It's going to make me think twice about digging things up like I dug up that other one in January. It's going to definitely make me think twice about that. I've been not scared of snakes because I hadn't seen anything poisonous and we hadn't seen any rattlesnakes on this property you know, but this guy was quiet. Like all of a sudden I was like, Ooh. yeah, they're very quiet. They don't tell you. I was just like along and I just watched it go. I have a video of it. I took well, a video of it. We were out in the field the night before and we shouldn't have been out in the field. One of our cows had a baby. And so we wanted uh -huh. to see the baby. We should, we had no business out there uh -huh. and we were out there in flip flops and, you know, uh -huh. and just, and the kittens followed us. And so we heard this really loud, screeching, crazy noise. Uh huh. And we turn and look, and it was the kitten. And so my daughter starts to run towards it. And I'm like, stop. It is screaming like that for a reason. There's something over there. Don't go. Uh huh. And whatever it was, however it happened, we don't know that the kitten and the kitten died immediately. Oh. So we go inside, we get boots on, uh -huh. like we get flashlights, and we go back out quietly because if my husband knew we were in the field, it would have been all over. Uh -huh. And we go get a shovel and we scoop up the cat and already there's fire ants in its ears and its mouth. So we look everywhere for bites. We Google, we couldn't figure anything out. So uh -huh. the next day, you better believe it. I went to tractor supply and bought like eight quarts of snake deterrent powder. Uh -huh. And I mean, I put that stuff everywhere and not even four hours later, boom, there's a coral snake in my yard. Ah, uh -huh. So we were uh -huh. like, well, that, that is exactly what my dad said. My dad was like, what about your little dog? And I was like, oh, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, so we killed that snake. This is me welcoming. This is me welcoming and understanding and learning. And hopefully it's not the, the bad learning thing. It's the, it's not the tower moment. Rather it's the, um, okay, yeah, we're going to figure this out now. We're going to learn how to fix the problem and kind of like AI, you know, I mean, what are you going to do about AI? Here it is, right? Yeah, there's not much you can do. It's already here. <laughs> so another unanswered question from last week was Michael suggested when I told him about how I Google recipes and just type in the words. He's like, how about you try AI for that? Have you have you tried AI? So I tried AI and that's what we ended up making for dinner tonight. And I love like I printed out the whole thing because I wanted to actually read the way that it all came out. So I use ChatGPT. That's the one that I'm using, which is now apparently pretty popular. That's Can you find me a recipe with ground beef, Swiss chard, basil? I don't want him to have dairy, sugar, corn, or wheat in it. And it says, certainly, here's a recipe for ground beef and Swiss chard stuffed bell peppers that meets your dietary restrictions. And so it 
created this whole recipe that we ended up using for tonight. This recipe avoids dairy, sugar, corn, and wheat. It's a flavorful dish that fits your dietary preferences. Enjoy. It was delicious. It was great. Easy. It was easy yeah. and fast. Yeah. Very easy. And something you could make with your kids. Very easily. Something kids would eat. I did something a little bit different. I actually didn't use ground beef. I used um, ground bison, the heritage blend. I think it's... Um, Forces of Nature is the brand, and they're um, at the natural grocers, and they put their heritage blend has liver and heart in it also, which I like to buy those little blocks of that meat and use it at different times. But that's what I used in this recipe. Could you even mean tell? I mean, no, I, it was delicious. I thought the food was so good that I don't. I mean, maybe it was so good because it was this heritage blend, or maybe I just didn't even know the difference. Not sure. I, I don't think anybody would have known the difference that it nobody wasn't would have known the beef, difference. right? Mm -hmm. I mean, and the Swiss chard. I've been harvesting Swiss chard out of my garden, and it's like, okay, well, this is because now I'm like, th this opens up a whole new doorway for me because I had made my banana pear bread and I need it to be with this dietary thing and that dietary thing. And I need this to be changed and that to be changed. And I was thinking about it and I was like, okay, well, what if I want to do pumpkin bread, no dairy, no sugar, no grain, all these things. How do I do pumpkin bread? So I asked chat GPT and it gave me this awesome recipe. And then I was like, well, what if I need to use fresh pumpkins from my garden? Oh, well, here's what you do, you know? Yeah, it's really it's really useful. I mean, I don't know what I was listening to, though, that I was listening to something, but they were saying that AI now is more accurate at diagnosing you for your issue than a doctor. Mm. And I was like, okay, mm -hmm. that's interesting. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's what gets me thinking. And it is kind of funny to me that someone posted something about how Google is trying to figure out how to tell you that that was done by AI, right? And mm -hmm. I was like, well, now it sounds to me like it's competition. Yeah. Because I'm like, why would I go to Google if I can go to ChatGPT and it can answer all my questions for me easier? It's kind of... Right. So Google's like trying to be a tattletale? <laughs> sounds like it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, and, and I read it. I read it from somebody because... I've been saying now for a couple of months, listen, to ha to even have the conversation about whether AI is good for us or bad for us, like, to me, it feels like a philosophical jack off. Like, if you want to sit around in a group of people and talk about what we should have, should or shouldn't have done 20 years ago, great. But it's already done. Like, AI is here. So now what? Now what are we right. going to do with it? Are we right. going to use it to benefit us or are we going to use it to destroy us, right? I am of the mindset of, yeah, why not? If you like technology and it works for you, like I'm not a big fan. I was never a big fan of Alexa. And the reason is, is because I didn't use Alexa for anything other than timing things for me. And to me, that's a pretty invasive egg timer. So mm -hmm. I was like, take the Alexa with you when you go. Mm -hmm. Don't let the door hit you on the way out. Uh, did I say that out loud? I love Alexa. <laughs> yeah. My mother, my mother doesn't like anything, you know, in her house that's listening to her or watching her. My parents are very like, I could give two fucks if somebody's yeah. listening to me or watching me, because if I'm that interesting, awesome. Yeah. I really don't think so. But I told my mom, I'm like, no, if she's going to live in my house, it's not going to be for free. She's going to work for me. Whoa. So I'm like, Alexa, tell me how to cook thick pork chops and 
up pops 10 recipes and I pick which one I like best. Well, see, I never got it to, she never seemed, I never, we didn't get along that well, I guess. Like she was always talking to me and I was like, shut up and you're annoying me and all of these kinds of things. I do tell her to shut up a lot. Like right now, I don't know why, but she plays music every day at the same time. And I don't know why, because I did not set that up. Yeah. Well, and that, and then like in the beginning, when we first got Alexa, it was really, the music was good. Like you could tell now it's, I guess the way it's shifted in terms of cost or whatever, I can never get it to, I, I could never get it to play the music I actually wanted to play. It'd be like, I'd be like, um, play Van Morrison music. And it'd be like, here's music like Van Morrison. And then it would play some other crap. And I'd be like, no, that's not what I want. I want you to just play Van Morrison, you know? <laughs> yeah. I'm not, I've run into some difficulties, but at the same time, like set in a timer or reminding me to give my kids their vitamins or, you know, random things like that. I definitely don't use it to the capacity that some people do. Yeah. I'll have to learn, but I don't have one of those in my house right now anyway. So that's not even an issue, but the chat GPT thing has been really helpful to me. It helps me it helps me with the show notes for the podcast. You know, it's like, it's so much better to like put my stuff in. I mean, I tell it everything to say, but then it just like edits it for me. See, I used to have an editor and this editor, this chat GPT editor is a lot less invasive in my life. Well, yeah. Well, you know what's crazy is just in the last, I'd say probably the last six months, maybe I'm wrong, maybe I'm right. Who knows? Who cares? Um, we get so many appointments booked at the salon from Google, Google assistant. Uh huh. They call the salon all the time and book appointments for people now. Ah, yeah. And we didn't even know like that was a thing until it was a thing. Well, I haven't gotten that yet. And I would like, I, that could be helpful to me to have something that helps me do my schedule better. Hey Google book my hair appointment on a Tuesday at four o'clock in the month of October. Boom. Oh, and they make, it makes the call. It makes Makes the call a person. It's a person makes the call, books your appointment, probably texts you or calls you back and lets you know it's been done. Listen, don't tell me another way to keep from having to actually talk to somebody on the phone. Cause I am a straight up neurodivergent introvert, extrovert. No one knows this about me, but I hate talking on the phone. I hate calling people. Like I won't call. If I can avoid it at all costs, I will not call, talk on the phone. So now I'm thinking, oh, another way to like give me more isolation. Awesome. Yeah. No, I mean, it, it, it was mind blowing how, and they called to cancel their appointments. Like yeah. Google does everything for them, I guess. I don't know how it works. I don't use it, but. We're certainly in a whole new world with all of that technology and we can't undo it. And that, and the. Understanding that our country is a military complex means that these things were created 50 years, 20 years, many years before they ever got to us. Like it was already done. It was already done. (laughs) Yeah. So the recipe was really simple. You guys, it was bell peppers. This one called for four. I just did two because it was just the two of us. And I figured I'd eat the leftover or whatever. Uh, A pound of ground beef, a bunch of Swiss chard. Um, I pulled the Swiss chard out of my garden. The bell peppers, even though I'm harvesting bell peppers from the garden, I wanted the big, big, ginormous fat ones. And so I bought two of those from the grocery store. Basil leaves from the garden, garlic cloves. I don't grow garlic down here. Small onion from my garden, 
olive oil. I think I actually used coconut oil because that was what was there and I just threw it in. Um, we used some of my purple salt, which is the salt made out of the Malabar spinach seeds, you know, basically just chop brown stuff, put it in the oven. It was amazing. Super simple. Very tasty. Something you could totally get your kids to eat. It also didn't have dairy in it. It didn't have sugar in it. It didn't have corn in it. It didn't have wheat in it. So I didn't miss any of that. Yep. It was really, really good and really tasty. I've been, I mean, my main big meals of the week are happening when I do the podcast. Like that's when I'm cooking, you know, a nice big meal. Um, otherwise I'm doing things like heating up a hamburger patty and just eating that or like roasting some grilled asparagus. I've been buying a lot of asparagus lately because it's kind of season, you know, it's toward the end of the summer season. It's lots of good asparagus. And I literally just like, like char it with garlic salt and some kind of salt. Yeah. On that's top one of, of the vegetables that I don't like raw. Yeah. I like it cooked in any which way or form, but I do not like it raw. I like asparagus on top of a pizza. Have you ever had it on pizza? I don't think I have. I like to do that. Although I can't really eat pizza right now because I can't figure out how to, like I can get a gluten-free crust, but like no cheese is kind of strange. And so I end up not eating pizza and it kind of just makes me sad. I can eat cheese. It's just that I really, like I'm trying really hard to keep my gut intact, you know, and just stay away from things that kind of set me off or whatever. You have a few... Oh my gosh, I'm allergic to the planet. <laughs> I'm seriously allergic to the planet. And Have you always been that way or is some of that new? Mm, I don't really know. I mean, I remember as a kid always having breathing issues and my parents just being like, get over it. There's nothing wrong with you. Yeah. But I know definitely after I had my first, well, right before I had Guinevere, mm -hmm. I started to experience weird things to like farm-raised shrimp. Uh -huh. Um, and I figured out what that was because I took, um, a water pill that my grandmother had given me and it had iodine in it. Uh-huh. So you, grew, you got I, the welts on and, you? Yeah. And uh -huh. I swelled up and then someone told me, well, if you're eating farm, you know, raised anything, it's going to be filled with iodine. Uh-huh. And so then I realized, okay, well, I can't eat that anymore. Um, but the biggest thing for me has been peanut butter. I mean, uh -huh. I ate it my whole life. I uh -huh. ate it prolifically. And then one day, Guinevere and I went to a um, carnival and I had a bunch of little, um, you know, those little bitty Reese's peanut butter cups. Mm -hmm. I had a sausage on a stick and a blue coconut snow cone. And literally by the next morning, I was teaching a class and ate an entire box of Benadryl to get through the class. I don't know what I taught those people. I was so high. <laughs> and um, <laughs> like literally I was super high because I was just eating the capsules at that point just to keep breathing. I had like half dollar whelps all over my body. Uh -huh. um, drove myself to um, the ER. I drove myself all the way from like Leopard Holiday Inn to uh, – <laughs> spawn south because I was like, I'm going to the hospital. I'm going to go to the one with good food because I'd had Guinevere. <laughs> so I knew the food was good. And I, I got there and I walked in the door and they took one look at me and threw me on a gurney and just started stabbing me. Uh -huh. And it was, uh, it was miserable. And I remember my mom walked in and didn't even recognize me. Yeah. Um, they gave me epinephrine and I'd never had it before. I felt like my lungs came through my chest. I grabbed my chest really hard and fast and they were like, it's okay. Your lungs are still in your body. And Oof. from that point on, I didn't really believe it. And uh -huh. so I tried it again and it was like, uh, nope, I'm uh -huh. going to kill you. 
Uh-huh. So that's the big one. Um, and then it's like every antibiotic that you could take to save your life. I'm allergic to. Uh-huh. Um, and I'm not supposed to eat any legumes. Yeah. Um, not any chocolate, any Coke, anything, yeah. but I do, yeah. you know, but I, yeah. I, now I take a Zyrtec every day because mm-hmm. I can't not take one. Mm-hmm. Um, and so in order to have allergy testing, I have to go 48 hours without any kind of antihistamine and I can't, mm-hmm. so they can't test me. Yeah. Well, I, a lot of that's some of the things you're talking about, not the full anaphylaxic, but I can tell you that after I did the 120 days and then reintroduced peanut, mm-hmm. peanut butter, I was doubled over sick. I didn't break out in a rash, but I was doubled over sick. Well, you know what's crazy is I did one of those blood tests mm-hmm. and peanut butter was actually like really low on the list. Uh-huh. And what was high was chicken. Uh-huh. Well, I was eating chicken like every day. Uh-huh. And so now I have to like really want to eat chicken because I know uh-huh. within 15 minutes my hands are going to be itching. So uh-huh. I figured that out myself. But Interesting. I do need to go on some sort of like elimination diet and yeah. figure out what all of it is. Yep. Um, yep. But then I probably wouldn't believe anything. Well, you would know, I know you, because the thing about it is, is that the main thing with the elimination diet is that if you can heal yourself, then you can get back to eating some of the things. And that's, that's essentially the reason why I, the, the main reason why I've done it is because of the symptoms that, well, but a lot, I mean, I've had a lot of the same types of symptoms that you're talking about. And like, it's very likely that the premature birth that I had with Cortland, that's not a symptom you named, but it's like one of the heavy duty ones when I was 20 mm-hmm. was because when I was 19, I was, you know, being di- diagnosed with ulcerated colitis, which is an autoimmune disorder, polycystic ovarian syndrome, which is an autoimmune disorder. And I was breaking out in those hives all over me, but I was like really rough on my stomach back then. And I also had been through a lifetime of ridiculous amounts of antibiotics because of the accident I'd had when I was younger. And then, you know, just other types of things that were like a product of that particular accident caused me to have to have just lots and lots and lots of antibiotics through life. And then they started killing all of our fields with broad spray antibiotic. Glyphosate is an antibiotic. It kills mm-hmm. everything. It's an anti, it's not an antibiotic. It's an anti-everything, antiviral, antifungal, anti, like it kills everything in the field. Well, it's basically chemotherapy for a crop. And so then it's chemotherapy for our gut bacteria, right. basically. And so then, I mean, and these are things I've explained to people a thousand times, but basically you would, um, then you could start reintroducing things back to yourself and then you would actually be able to tell, you know, have a better idea of what's what. But the thing about it is, is that like even thinking about peanuts and chicken, the way that, I mean, dude, I looked at the cashews the other day and the cashews have peanut oil on them. Okay. Well, cashews are a legume. And so like that, I didn't even realize that either, but Uh like anything that's a legume is full of mold and I'm Uh highly allergic to mold. Uh Uh-huh. So, it, you know, I did at one point have allergy testing done and it was like 98 different things and mm-hmm. I couldn't get away from it if I moved because it's everywhere. Yeah. yeah. So, it, you know, mesquite yeah. being one of them. Yeah. Ragweed. Yeah. Dogs. Okay. Well, like. <laughs> You're I like, have, that's everything. I have three, you know, <laughs> so. After inviting you out 
a couple of times away from the salon, like, come have a drink with me. I figured out you don't really drink that much. Like I, I don't, I figured that out like mm. out there. And so when you were coming tonight, I was like, well, instead of pulling out like the farm wine or anything else like that, which I'm sure you probably would have had a sip of the farm wine if I was pulling it out, whatever. But... I can do about a glass of anything. Yeah. Instead, I decided to make you a zero proof cocktail. That's mm. I learned that last week. The bartender taught me. I learned that tonight. Uh huh. He says because his his theory is mocktail is as if we're it's a joke or we're mocking or like there's something negative about it. And so we're we're terming zero proof cocktails, which I kind of like. It's kind of fun. So I was like, okay, I'm gonna make one. And so I took my Roselle tea, which or Roselle, Roselle juice, if you want to call it that. It's basically I just boil the Roselle calyxes in water. And the remaining steeping, I, I let it steep for literally like 24 hours. So it gets really nice and all the good stuff gets out of there. And I poured a little bit of that, a little bit of lemon juice and a little bit of uh, no sugar added apple juice that I always have a little bit of as well. I pour those in my smoothies or whatever. And I added some bubbly, just bubble water basically and made that drink for us tonight. It was delicious. It was fun, right? Mm -hmm. It was I really like fun. That. I like that. In the recent years, since I've known you, you guys moved out to large acreage farm situation. Actually, a farm that my mom had known the people that had it for years. Like it was their I know, family's property. World. Yeah. Well, we do live in a very small world down here in the coastal bend. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, I'm yeah. actually surprised that you and I had never met before because of the flower bluff, you know, connection or whatever. It's because we're both introverts, but nobody knows. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that freaking weird, right? Like, you know, you're right. Like, I don't think I knew it until the most recent, because all my life I'd been told, no, no, you're a, get up there on stage. You're the, the leader. Yeah, I you're didn't the... really know it either because I've always <laughs> been on stage and in front of people. And, and loud teaching and, loud and teaching. And, yeah. And people have this fear of me. I know, like, right? I, like they're afraid of me. That's which is our... crazy because my husband will say, that's really funny because I know you. Yeah. And if they knew you, like, yeah. you're just a big sissy lala. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm like, I just introvert into my hole. That's why my office is in a closet uh -huh. because I like small spaces. Well, it's like me saying earlier, like, I don't want to talk on the phone to anybody. Like yeah. if I have to pick up the phone and call somebody, both of my exes were the people that called people. Like they would even call my people, like my parents or my kids. Or my, like, well, like I like to check the mail. Like I don't care if it's a bill. I don't care what it is. I love to check the mail. Everyone knows uh -huh. I love to check the mail, <laughs> but I hate the post office. Uh -huh. I hate returning anything. Uh -huh. I hate mailing uh -huh. anything. <laughs> Nothing gets mailed. I mail. physically can't do it. <laughs> I would rather give it away yeah. than return it. I have a box of thank you cards for all of the people I stayed with on my trip and they're all written and they're all addressed and they're still there. <laughs> like I, I haven't done it. Yeah. That's how I, I do thank you notes, by the way. There's a thank you note for every person that's ever given me anything stepped away somewhere. You just written. received it, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, there's got to be something. And so my daughter, Lillian, and my mom are both. Leo lion, just really good at that stuff. Really good at like making the plans, calling people, checking on people, mailing things. Like they're real good at that kind of stuff. I, that's a huge part of me learning myself at age 44. 
It's like, there's nothing wrong with you if you do it different than the people, even the people around you, even your closest people. Like no, I that, am just different, you. different. And it's okay that I'm different. And I'm not trying to be a troublemaker and I'm not trying to be rebellious, but I think in some ways I did a lot of it that way because I had to aggressively say I'm different. I just am. Like I just, I definitely know that I'm different. That's for sure. I don't want to do things the same way. And I certainly, this, this part of us I know is very similar, building our homesteads and building our businesses and we're we are in control, but we're, we're planners control. So some people can't see next week. Yeah. I can see the end. Like yeah. I'm planning to the end. Like yeah. There's a, there's a flag there and I am running towards it. So that's what's been the most challenging for me about this period of my life right now is that I got, I started getting a blank. I couldn't, and I've been so visionary my whole life, not even realizing I was a visionary until I did begin to realize I was visionary. But all of a sudden, you're not supposed to know what's coming. It's actually interesting. My friend Rochelle said to me, oh, you're in the in-between. And she's like, like a caterpillar or a seed in the soil. You're in the dark part. Oh, okay. Yeah, that makes sense to me. That makes sense to me, right? But it was it, it, that's been the scariest part of this period of time that I've been going through. Is that I, like, I try to do my visualization or manifest, I couldn't see forward. I I'm actually beginning. It's like, I, it's like now I'm like starting to see the stars like poking through piece, little, little glimpses of light, just like coming at me. And I'm yeah, like, that's a hard place to that. be for us. I can see that. I can see. That. Oh, it's really, it's extremely painful. And I spend my time depressed, shaming and guilting myself for being like, I, I'm like, I can't take a step forward because I can't see where I'm going. Mm. And that doesn't, that's not a good place for me to be at all. Like, I, like, no, you, like, you're used to being able to see the next step yeah, already before you take it. No, I can't see the next step. So it's teaching me a lot of things. It's teaching me, A, I'm not in control of everything. No, we're not. You, you, yeah. We're definitely not. I, that I know. That yeah. I know. I'm not in control. Yeah. And then it's also teaching me, it'll come to me, be patient. And I, and I have a habit of understanding my magic well enough to know that wait for it. It'll appear like it'll just like fall in your lap with the, with, during the grow local days when I was fundraising and stuff like that, no one understood how one minute we could be in a hole and I'd be like, hang on, I got this. You're like that. Yeah, hang on. Yeah. I got this. <laughs> well, like I always tell people like enjoy the calm before the storm. Uh-huh. Because when it's calm, you want to freak out. Uh-huh. Because you just are so used to storming. Yeah. But it's like, no, you you have to enjoy the calm before the storm uh -huh. because next week you're going to be bitching about how busy you are and how you can't eat and you can't pee and you have no time for your life. Uh-huh. But I'm like, "Oh, wait a minute." Weren't you just asking for this uh -huh. last week? Yes. Yeah. You were pouting yeah. for it. Here yeah. it is. Eat it. Yeah. You know, so enjoy the calm before the storm. That's exactly what storms. this summer was for me. This summer was, and I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that what I feel like I'm entering into is the storm, but I all, I certainly feel like. Well, not even like, like a storm, like as a, as a storm, just a storm as in like what you're used to, what your regular mantra uh -huh. is, what you step to that beat. 
which, you know, some people step slow and some people run. Uh They're always running. Uh Uh-huh. But when there's a calm, there's a wall and you can't run. Yep. And that's what I was. That's what the summer has been. Trying to climb up the wall. Uh And it's like, hey, guess what? You can't climb the wall. Yep. Yep. So I've just been one step at a time kind of going forward and like waiting for things to and just following and allowing and learning to let go and, you know, all of that. And, you know, I mean, it's kind of like the snake. It's like, okay, well, I didn't kill the snake that day because, <laughs> well, but like, okay, but that doesn't mean that I shouldn't still make it like, okay, maybe if enough people that I trust and advise, oh, you probably should deal with that snake. Okay. Well, when I see that snake again, it won't be with my hand no, <laughs> or my toes. No. And my, it won't be my dog. <laughs> I will see that snake and I probably will have to take care of it and deal with it. We'll treat it like my own livestock. That's my, that's how I treat it inside my brain. somewhere else. <laughs> I'm a little too scared to even like, like I, I was kind of glad it just went away. Like it was just going away and I was like, ah. Okay. That's, that's real. (laughs) Mm. Tell me about your homestead. Tell me what's happening out there. We have, let's see, what do we have? We have two potbelly pigs, bacon Uh and eggs. Agatha. Uh, we have three standard poodles. Uh We have, are they behaving these days? They are getting better because they're getting (laughs) older. So the two youngest just turned two yesterday and, um, Starry is still too. So we, we had this big talk in the garden that isn't a garden right now because I haven't planted anything, but it was how old are our dogs. And so Starry is two, but she'll be three in February. And so the youngest two who are just still not behaving as well as they will, because Starry is so much better mm-hmm. now that she's older. Um, we don't have any more fowl. We have no chickens. We don't have any turkeys. We don't have any guineas. We don't have anything. We will actually, we have one chicken, but we don't call her a chicken. She's a chicken because she lives with the cats and Uh eats with the cats. We have five cats. Um, what happened to them? The poodles killed them all. Uh. Although the last three guineas that we had, um, I have a neighbor who Mm, I have a feeling she got rid of the guineas because she said they were killing her chickens. So whatever. They weren't killing her chickens, but they were probably annoying her. Well, (laughs) yeah. It would be a bit annoying. Something along (laughs) those lines, but they're gone. They just up and disappeared after two weeks of a conversation with her about the guineas, but they're gone. Yeah. Um, so, but you know, we, we have a hard time out there because there's Uh a lot of, um, coyotes, uh-huh. ton of coyotes. Mm-hmm. Um, the back neighbor has caught the cougar and her three cubs uh-huh. on camera about wow. a year ago, which means yeah. that they're big. Yeah. Um, the neighbors just killed a badger because it got stuck in their chicken coop after getting too fat to get out. See, there's a lot of biodiversity out there in Flower Bluff. <laughs> yeah, there's a ton. And yeah. there's huge owls and chicken hawks. Do you live anywhere near that? Um, the sanct- there's, a, there's a wildlife sanctuary over there. We're not super close to that. We're okay. more closer to um, where the planes touch and go. Okay. Got it. Yeah. yeah. So if you ever see the Sasquatch in the field on Flower Bluff Drive, that's uh-huh. my house. Okay. With the American flag. Okay. That's my house. That nice. The Sasquatch is down right now because the donkeys and the longhorns scratch on him and they break him constantly. So good <laughs> thing my husband is a wood man because he's constantly repairing the Sasquatch. 
That's funny. You have a, you can find my house because I have a Sasquatch. <laughs> yes. And my husband has taken up painting him for different seasons. That's hilarious. So. Where did he come from? My husband built him. Oh, yeah. yeah well, he ordered a big sticker and he stickered them down and cut them out and painted them. And he's carrying a guitar case because my husband's a drummer. Of course he's. I, oh, I, you know what? I've seen your pictures of that. I've seen pictures of him online. Now mm -hmm. I understand what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. I've seen that. So We have a horse. Uh-huh. Um, what else do we have? And you have a house full of kiddos too. Yes. I have five children. Mm-hmm. 23, 17, uh, 16 on the 27th, Mazzy will be, uh, six and three. Mm -hmm. So Guinevere does live on her own, but she's at her house enough yeah. to be living there. Yeah. But the babies, I'm like, I've gotten to be along for that ride a little bit because Pearl, right? She's yes. the six-year-old. Pearl is six. She and... was the yiddle whenever mm -hmm. I met you. And, and then, then you were pregnant when I met you or all. I don't know if you were pregnant when I met you, but it was like right there. Right there, yeah. yeah. And Kathleen's three. They're intense. So we always thought our other children were intense. Uh-huh. No. <laughs> and, we, and we had Pearl, too. We were like, oh, my gosh, she's so intense. What are we doing? But then Kathleen came, uh -huh. and it was like, hold your bear. Do whatever she wants. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and it's funny because I kind of timed on my pregnancies to never have a Scorpio. Uh -huh. um, and, yeah, she's a Scorpio. Is she at that age yet where she, it's my, my birthday is today. Like you can't have a birthday party for a Scorpio that's not on their birthday because it totally throws them off. They oh. want it the day. It has to be, this is my day. This is, she may not be old enough yet to really like no, but I have can understood that, that yet. She's very much like that uh -huh. and she's so sweet like she will melt your heart like a piece of chocolate in the sun mm -hmm. and then the next minute mm -hmm. oh my gosh she hold on yeah she's <laughs> just like a firework in your hand mm -hmm. she's That's intense fine. my venus is scorpio which the thing i always tell people is is that your your star sign your sun sign mine's a sagittarius yours is a capricorn mm-hmm those can be kind of um, a little bit of a liar because it's not the whole story. It's only part of the map, right? Right. And my, your Venus is your like love, your sex, your, well, Scorpios are like fiery, sexy, <laughs> like in general, that's, you know, whatever. That's just their personality all the time. Yeah. And so I was like, when I figured out my Venus was Scorpio, I was like, well, that makes sense because if you add the Scorpio <laughs> Venus to the Sagittarius Sun, I am like an adventurous sex pot, <laughs> and it's the truth. Yes, <laughs> an introverted. Yes, like, but only touch me when I fucking say you're allowed. Yeah. Otherwise, yeah. Oh my gosh, <laughs> I've had a lot to learn in life. A lot to learn in life. So, but I, I like, I, I love that we, we just the conversation just turned over to that because that's one of the things I like about my rising sign is Capricorn, which you're right. Do you know what your rising sign is? I don't know. Well, your rising sign is the, basically the, the outfit that you put on for the world. My Capricorn rising tells the world that I am a powerful boss, babe, boss, bitch, whatever word you like, mm -hmm. like you are. Yeah, but really, I would probably be like a triple Capricorn. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm really um, not. A, I'm a Sag. Like I'm a Sag, and then I, my Moon is an Aquarius, which means I'm super community oriented. 
Mm-hmm. I care very, I'm a campaigner. Like I care very much about the community liking me and I want, you know, the community to, I want to be able to, I have a lot of compassion for the community. So I want to do everything for the community. I think you have some Aquarius in you too. I think yeah. your moon might be Aquarius. I think we figured that out. That I that think was we did combination. figure that out because I think you looked that up one time because uh-huh. we were talking about it. Mm-hmm. But a Sagittarius is a lover of many. Uh, the reason I got into astrology and caring about it was because I'm a Sagittarius and I love being a Sagittarius. Like, I think we are the golden children. I think that we have My oldest is a Sagittarius. major magic. I think that we're adventurous, but methodical, but then we also will leave a trail of just chaos behind ourselves because we're like, Hmm. I don't care about all that. Well, having a Capricorn rising means that I beat the shit out of myself for all of that trail of the good, the best explanation I've heard to explain is we're like Lady Godiva. We're like going through the town square on a horse naked. <laughs> you know, like <laughs> everyone must love us. Everyone, you know, why, meanwhile, why? there's what like, you? like you just like, Turned the whole town into chaos, Aislinn. Yes, I can see that. Yeah. But my cap rising, the map maker, the business plan maker, the boss babe, the, you know, all of that. And is beating the crap out of myself for all the undone shit, the chaos that I left behind me while chasing an adventure, you know? Yeah, I'm going to have to look that up because I need to know. Yeah. Which Which one's a Sag? My oldest. Guinevere. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, but then you have to know, you have to know the other stuff too. That's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. like Sagittarius are sexy, but we're also kind of a strange introvert kind of like, and, and. Well, there's definitely not an ounce of Capricorn in that child. She doesn't have a plan. She doesn't have like. If she has a plan, it's her own plan. And she doesn't have to tell you the plan because it's her <laughs> plan. So if it's going to change, she's going to know it. But you're not going to know it. That's definitely Sagittarius. <laughs> yeah. I think that we're old souls. That's part, oh, I think she's that's definitely part of, an old soul. Yeah, I think that's part of the the Sagittarius nature is that we were born under we we've we've been here before. We've been doing this. We're like at the end of the road. Like I think we're like you don't have to do this anymore after this time. I I keep looking at my life going, do you promise? Do you promise I don't have to do this again? Because I'm really tired. I'm really oh tired. You're very, you're, you're so productive. You're like overproductive. Like you're oh, yeah. constantly. And I'm just, I'm like, you exhaust me. And I have a few friends like that because I think I'm a productive person. And a lot of people think I'm a productive person. And then I look at other friends like you, you're a perfect example. And I'm like, I don't even do a third of the things that that person, she's written a book. You guys, she runs a salon, one of the best salons in town. She has a farm with, and then a a passel of kids everywhere. And then like, (laughs) (laughs) like, and she's like, I don't even know. Like I could, there's probably other things that I don't know about that. You're like making cakes and doing flowering. I don't know. (laughs) Teaching hair and skin and traveling to wherever. And then all the new things in school. You're in school. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like when you remind me of that, I'm like, 
I can do like one thing at a time. Like I'm that girl, which I'm not that girl. I'm actually this, this week is an interesting, you just, you were speaking earlier about the idea of, um, the quiet before the storm, you know, mm-hmm. well, the summer I get down on myself cause it's quiet. Well, then the moment September hits, I'm like, why the hell did I plan all this crap? I'm like, this is, <laughs> this is way too much. I'll like, now my gardens are growing and I have to be out there in those all the time. And I'm planning all these events because the temperature started cooling off. And then of course, everybody wants to come on a field trip now and now, and this, and that, and oh, yeah. this, and that. It's funny. Cause I'm like, yeah, you know, my garden's like a hundred foot by 40 foot. Um, and I know that because we had to, you know, I was going to say, I'm impressed. <laughs> we had to fence it because we have all these deer and all this wildlife and all this stuff that uh-huh. just eat it prolifically. And Oh my gosh. I was like, oh, I'm not going to plant that much this next garden. I'm just not, I'm not going to plant that much because what am I going to do with all this? Like I'm not Eastland. I'm not selling it. I'm not <laughs> like just someone come, please take it. Like I can't can anymore. Like yeah. I bought all the candy yeah. jars and flower block. Like if you went to get canning jars and there were none, I'm the reason. <laughs> and I was like garage selling for canning jars. And I'm like, what am I even going to do with all this? Like, it's just so much. And so I, I did, I, I backed off and I didn't plan as much. And my husband looks at the garden and goes, I thought you weren't going to plan as much. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, I didn't, I, I didn't. There's only three rows of broccoli, not six. And he's like, what, what are we going to do with all this broccoli? And I'm like, I don't know. We're going to eat it. It's going to be great. I'm going to eat it all. It's going to be delicious. Yeah. So we try to do less, but sometimes we just do more. I'm impressed by you, but I also think sometimes, girl, you need to take a breath and slow down. You'll be. You'll I did be okay. go to one yoga class. You did? I did, and it was restorative healing one. Uh huh. Um, at Susmos Yoga, and it was amazing, and I loved it, and it like healed me for the next five years. Not oh. really. I should go to yoga, but <laughs> I don't. <laughs> All that talk about you being an amazing hairstylist and one of the best salons in town. Tell us more. Almost seventeen years now. Design concept design salon. Design concept salon boutique and spa. Because mm-hmm. we are a spa. It's not on there, but we are a spa. And so I started out as like 500 square feet. Mm-hmm. And now we're right around 4,000. We are currently purchasing a whole nother side. So all spa will be mm-hmm. upstairs and downstairs will be hair and boutique. We are a full service. I mean, we offer everything. We are a one-stop shop. Yep. And I've had my facial done there. I've had mm-hmm. facial, a couple of facials done there. Massage, yeah. toes. Yeah, we just fingers, added in um, lip blushing uh-huh. and microblading. And we're rocking and rolling. I think there's like 15 of us in there. Mm-hmm. Um, we're like a family. Yeah, and so totally. We're one of the salons that you can come to and you just feel right at home like you've always been there. I feel like I'm like the cousin that shows up every once in a while. <laughs> we have people who come just to hang out. Um, but we're just, we're no drama. We don't have any drama. And that's what mm-hmm. I love about the salon that we've created. Yes, it is my salon and I'm the owner, but I don't view it like that. And I never have because mm-hmm. if it wasn't for all the people that show up every day, it wouldn't be what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, it's crazy because I've taught for 26 years. Well, 27 now for Redken traveling and teaching all over the world and one day working by myself, God was like, you know what? You've been given to everybody all around the world. It's time for you to give back to Corpus Christi. Mm. And I just listened mm-hmm. and I knocked down a wall and people showed up and mm-hmm. I knocked down another wall and people showed up. Mm-hmm. It just keeps happening and keeps growing and it's a beautiful thing. And I work with beautiful people. So and they take care of me. But you are fantastic 
at your work. You're a true craftswoman. I mean, the best hair I've ever had in my entire life has been working with you. So I trust you to do any, like, you know, any suggestions you have about things. I'm like, all right. Well, I wouldn't stare you wrong because if you look bad, I look bad. Well, I think about that too. I'm like, I'm a pretty loud announcement for it. She's probably like, when is she going to come and get her hair fixed? <laughs> you know, I don't, I don't really think like that. You know, Thank it's, you. It's, yeah, I don't. And I just, you know, there is one thing about me is that I'm very truthful. Mm -hmm. And I say it like it is. And, yeah, you do. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, and some people, they groove with me really well and some people don't. And we know pretty quick if we're going to get along or if we're not. Yeah. And I love it. I love the salon. I always feel like I'm at home when I'm there. Honestly, I've never in my whole entire life. Yeah. I mean, for a small town that we are, we have a lot of talent in our town. Yeah. And I think that's another thing that sets us apart is that we're not competitive against other salons mm -hmm. because if you took all the people in Corpus Christi and surrounding areas and you divided them up by all the wonderful hairdressers in Corpus Christi, we can't possibly do them all. Yes. We can't do all the people. Mm -hmm. I don't want to do all the people. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, like I'm, I work a lot and I'm super busy and yeah. my salon is super busy and, and yeah. we can't do all the people. So really you, you don't have to compete. Yeah. There's enough to go around. Everyone doesn't, everyone, no one has to starve. That's such a different mindset. And it's such a mindset that I've tried so hard in my industry of food and farmers markets and wellness and the kind of the, that little niche, same kind of concept. And, but I don't, I'm glad to hear you saying it from your industry as well, because I think it's just a general like lack mindset even just the farmers at the farmer's market fighting over, you know, 20 people that show up at the farmer's market. I'm like, how about we grow the number of people that come to the farmer's market and stop fighting over the 20 people that come to the farmer's market. Exactly. But I, I feel that way. Like that's a mindset of people. That's why, that's why we get along. That's why we work well together. That's why we, you know, support each other's businesses. That's why we, you know, all of the things it's because we're about rising tides. Yes. You know? And, and it's about ebb and flow too. Like people that are really good at some things and there's people that really aren't that great at things. And so mm -hmm. if you know your strengths and you know your weaknesses, mm -hmm. it only makes you a better person, mm -hmm. you know, and just be honest to that. Yep. Yep. I love it. All right. Let's do the, um, the random question here. What's the best way to cure homesickness? Go home. <laughs> That's exactly what I thought. <laughs> like, <laughs> Go home. Yeah. Go home. <laughs> what if your kiddo is like away at some kind of camp for two weeks and they call home sick on their first day? Or here's a good example for me. And we've probably reached that too, to a degree. Like the kid, my, my daughter went off to college when Kim's daughter, my friend Kim's daughter went off to college their first weekend, they call home crying. I told you not to fucking go to college. <laughs> You're like, why did you leave home? Go, come back home. Why would you leave home when there's colleges all around us? What's wrong with you? So go home. Go home. I mean, if, if I was someplace and I couldn't go home and I was homesick, mm -hmm. I mean. I don't get homesick. Then I would. No, I, I don't either because I know how to separate myself. But yeah. if I did, mm -hmm. I would probably make something to eat because food is comforting. Yeah. Yeah. That reminded me of being home. Yeah. But now like you can just get on a 
Zoom and Zoom with your people and you see them. Yeah. You're not there, but it's better than what it used to be like Yeah, when you couldn't do those things, which brings up the whole how AI is here and it's going to be just fine. It's going to be just fine. It's gonna Everybody, be just fine. listen, no matter how dark it is in your world, it's going to be just fine. If you get homesick, <laughs> you could talk to AI. Yes. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming and being here with me tonight. I enjoyed oh, thank it. Thank you for inviting Great. me. It was amazing. I pulled you away and just like. It's hard to get away. You. I'm not going to lie. But my husband is amazing. Uh -huh. um, he's an amazing husband. He's an amazing father. And he's getting better every day. So when I was like. <laughs> You're training morning, him up really well. <laughs> yeah. This morning. And I was like, oh, by the way, I have a podcast tonight. So I won't be home for dinner and bath and books and bedtime uh -huh. and he was like like over there <laughs> I'm like yeah over there and yeah, over the, there and then I'll be home and he, you know and he was just like okay all right I was like wow this is awesome okay well thank you I'm glad you came I loved it Me too dinner was awesome yeah I love you guys so much for coming to the dinner table with me every week. I'm so glad to have you here. And as always, um, share the podcast with a friend, uh, subscribe to, I don't know, whatever things you can subscribe to. You can do ratings and reviews and you can do all the things on YouTube and you know, the drill you guys come on and supporting the podcast is hugely helpful for me. So I'm already grateful for the people that already support the podcast. And if you want to hear more little inside things that I'm doing, check out my Patreon channel. It's uh, patreon.com backslash. It's just Aislinn and uh, it's $5 to join. And I do all kinds of interesting things on there. So hopefully you guys will check that out. And uh, I'll see you all at the dinner table next week. Love you. Mm -hmm.